the altered, A-L-T-A-R-D, the altered view of God. I believe God wants to change the way you look at Him. I believe God wants to so alter our walk with God, no matter how long you've been a believer, that what we're, what we're dealing with, we're taking a spiritual journey. I'm going to challenge you and stretch you. Isn't that my job? I'm going to teach you and stretch you. See, I made my mind up a long time ago. I'm not just going to rearrange chairs on the Titanic. That's not my job. I'm not going to make you happy while the ship's going down. Uh, I'm not going to be a, a, a liar. I'm not going to be a wimp. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to do... I'm going to teach the Word of God and challenge us to obey the Word of God. Amen? We're going to go for it. In spite of political correctness and, and Democrats and Republicans and everybody else, we're going to do what God wants us to do around here. Come on. We're going to do it God's way. Everybody else has to take a number and get in line. So here's, here's what we want to see. What does it mean? To live an altered lifestyle. I I want you to get a dose of real Christianity. Not watered down 2018 Western Civilization Church. I mean the real thing. How many want the real thing? The real encounter. That, you know, some things, you need to do some things in life that will make your blood race. When's the last time you got up off the couch and exercised? When's the last time something happened to you that scared you so bad you realized, my God, I'm still alive? Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever walked away from something and go, whoo, that, you know, it scared you, but it was kind of fun. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Am I the only adrenaline junkie in the house? I'm a, it's, it's, you know, what? It's kind of, it, come on, truthfully. Isn't it kind of nice that something that scared the socks off of you? Or am I the only weird person here today? Is that I mean, it scares you. And when it's over, you're like, man, I might want to do that again. I mean, I, you understand. Don't you ever want to know how fast does your car go? No. So in any, I'm sorry, teenagers don't listen to that. You can't listen to that. Police, I apologize. I meant like they, what do they say on the commercials on television? This is not for public road. This is on a restricted highway with professional drivers. That's what I meant when I said that. That's what I was talking about. All right. So I just believe there's so many Christians who haven't had any choices to obey God that's challenged you at all in a long time. You understand? We just, we're on Christian cruise control. Got everything set in place. When's the last time we said yes to God and it shook us down to our socks? Okay. The real stuff. The real stuff. An altered lifestyle. Let's, let's look at, at, at some things. I think we miss some altars in the New Testament. All right, let me read some things here. Let's look at this. This is from the Apostle Paul. This man that, that lived a radical altered lifestyle. And we're benefit, beneficiaries today. Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, we read this last week, in view of God's mercy. Come on, how many are thankful for mercy? In view of God's mercy, what should you do? What should I do? Should the mercy of God only do enough for me to show up to church once a year and throw a dollar in the offering and obey Him when it's easy and and no one else in my life know that I'm a believer? Come on. In view of God's mercy, offer. That's a decision. Offer. I'm not forced. Are you with me? Offer your bodies, yourself, your being as what? A living sacrifice. That's an altar moment. 
Remember I told you to, to, to the people of the, that day, that, that's an oxymoron. You, you can't, a sacrifice is dead. What's a living sacrifice? Well, the new covenant, what he's saying is, I want you to live a lifestyle of being on the altar. I want you to have an altered lifestyle. Be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Watch this. This is your spiritual act of worship. I won't get to it today, but somewhere in this uh, series on altered, we're, we're going to have to take another look at what worship really means. All right? What, what, are we really worshiping? Have, have we worshiped? Have we ever worshiped? Do we know what worship means? Okay. So we see that. A living sacrifice, that's an altar reference. It means a lifestyle of living uh, surrender to God. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I want you to see these lifestyle altars. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians 2.20. We read here. Watch Paul. This is Paul the Apostle again. I have been crucified with Christ. But he's alive. When you get crucified, you die on a cross, right? But he says, I have been. Something happened in my life. Watch this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. You see this altered lifestyle? What does that mean? He's crucified, but he's alive. But then he says, I no longer live. What's going on here? Let's look at this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Watch this. The life I live in the body... What do we do with our bodies? Living sacrifices. Watch this. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you, are you catching this altered lifestyle? I have been crucified with Christ. There, Paul says, I've offered myself to Christ. Church is just not an appointment on my calendar. I have, had, I have met Jesus. I'm not just a churcher. I'm a Christian. I don't just attend a place of worship. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Christ. He said, I have been, so he said, I've been crucified with Christ. All right? Let's look at this. And I no longer live. So he says, I'm not living for myself anymore. Who's he living for? Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. All right, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. There's, you were in Galatians, it's Ephesians, Philippians, if you've got a real Bible, if you've got a, uh, you know, a device, just push a button. Philippians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 7. Watch this. Uh, altered lifestyle. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. You see these opposite things going on? You see, this isn't the way everybody told you to live. You know the golden rule in America is right. You know what it is now? It's not doing to others as you'd have them doing to you. The golden rule in America is that he who has the gold rules. And you know how we get there. They say, well, you know, you, you know what it goes. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. That's the American way. Get all you can. Put it, you know, sit on the can. Keep it for me. It's mine. It's mine. But he says here, look at this. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Does anybody want me to keep teaching this series or is it just too much? Is, this, is it okay? Uh, is it okay? Let's keep watching this. For the surpassing uh, greatness of knowing Christ my Lord. 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Now watch this. Watch this. See this journey, this hunger, this lifestyle. He says, I want to know Christ. He says, I just want to know about him. I've heard about him. I want to know him. I want to have an encounter. I want to know Christ and what? And the power of his resurrection. Watch this. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. What does it mean? To, look at this phrase when we read here. That I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Now you and I are not going to go to the cross and die for somebody and do that again. But what he's saying here is again this whole theme. He said, I want to know Christ with all my heart. And in my journey, in my lifestyle, in my pursuit of Christ, I am willing to go to my cross. I'm willing to go to my altar. I'm willing to die to myself so I can know him more. And he associates this suffering or this death to self with what? Resurrection. Listen to me, folks. There is a life, an altered view of God on the other side of a person's life, on the other side of the decision to say, I want to die to myself. The life I live, I live for Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Everybody listening to me? I know this isn't popular modern pop Christianity. I know this isn't what, what you want to hear when it's, you know, I'm okay, you okay. I know, I know it's not that stuff. But I'm going to tell you there is a life waiting for anyone who is willing to trust God enough to say, you know what, God, I've lived for me long enough. I've been in charge long enough. I've called the shots long enough. I'm going to make the most bold, courageous decision of my life, and I'm going to walk to my cross and say, Jesus, here's my life. I lay it down. You keep what you want, and let me be what I'm supposed to be. Let me really know you. Let me really find out what it's like to live a life that is on the other side of trusting and following God. Let, let me do that. Uh, the Bible says, you know, if I draw near to God, God will draw near to me. But here's what I want you to see. I, I want you to get this. What does it mean to draw near to God? It means I come to Him on His terms. How do I get close to God? In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there was a pattern. They would go to the tabernacle or the temple and they would go through the outer court where there was the brazen altar and then they would go, the priest would go in the holy place and then they would go in the holy of holy places. There was only one way in there. There weren't 30 ways to get into the presence of God. Today, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If I draw near to God, the Bible says, you know what's going to happen? He's going to draw near to me. If I step to Him, He's running to me. But what I have to understand is that if I'm going to draw near to God, the way I draw near to Him is through His door. It's through Jesus. It's through saying, you know what, Jesus, if you love me enough to die on the cross for me, I love you enough to give my life to you. I'm not just going to use you. I'm going to trust you. I'm not just going to put you in my hip pocket like another insurance policy. I'm going to serve you. 
I don't want to just know about you. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to move past just coming to church on Sunday, and, and that's a good thing. I'm, I'm going to take you home with me on Monday. I'm going to begin to talk to you on Tuesday. I'm going to learn how to worship on Wednesday. You're going to go to work with me. I'm going to take you home with me. You're going to be Lord of my life. I'm going to stop playing Monty Hall and let's make a deal. And, 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 and I'm going to begin to say, I want to draw near to you. When I draw near to you, he says, you're going to draw near to me. I'm going to have that amazing understanding that Jesus is so much greater than we've ever known. He's more real. He's more personal. He's more close. He, he's, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is everything you ever wanted. Listen, can I help you with something? He is everything you've ever tried to find in any relationship in your life. He is the distance from your dissatisfaction to your satisfaction. He is the connection for everything you can't find in your life. But it's on that other side of saying, I want to come to you your way. Everything you're trying to find, all the voids in your life, all the empty places, all the things that don't work, everything when you walk away from and say, I thought it would be more than that. You know, you, you know, you, you all the time, you wanted to buy that new car and you finally bought that new car and six months later it's just a ride. Tell the truth. It's just a ride. It's just a ride. You want a Lamborghini and after a year you might as well drive a Mazda. It's just a ride. Come on, it's just a ride. Now, how much boost can your ego take? It's just a ride. You know, so, some of you, you know, you, you married that woman when she was young and she trusted you and she'd take care of you and had your babies and, 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 you, and now you finally made a little more money and there's some little old sweet thing at the office that tells you how big and bad and smart you are. Can I take... I've had to live a while before I understood that saying, there's no fool like an old fool. You understand what I'm talking about. somebody got to say it. Somebody has to say it. And see, and, and, and so you do something, you lost your mind and walked off from everything. And, and, and six months later, she don't even know who you are. You lost your money and you lost your honey. It all went out the door on the same time. See, he's the difference between everything you thought would make you happy on your terms and what life is really all about. I, I said this last week in passing. My goodness, the clock is running like a... And see, here's my problem. I don't know if I'm going to get here this fast in the next service. So I've got to preach and try to make it all. Anyway, I want you to go. I want to, I've got to show you this. Go to Exodus 29, 18. This, this is the amazing thing. I, I, I want you to start loving the altar, running to the altar. How many hear what I'm saying? Stop hiding from the altar. Stop dodging commitments. Stop fearing what happens if I really surrender. Anybody with me right now? This is where freedom happens. See, I, I told you this last week, but I want to show you a couple other things. And, man, we're just going to have to stop because I made a, I, God spoke to me and I said yes to him. And, 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 and we're going to have an altar every Sunday before we walk out of this place. We're going to do that, all right? Because we're not just going to have a theory of the altar. We're, we're going to meet the altar. We're, we're going to go. Because here's what I found out. If I will just keep going to the altar, 
If I'll just keep going. It's, sometimes it's a process, isn't it? In fact, I, I didn't have time, but back in Philippians where Paul said, I want to know him through the fellowship of his suffering. And then, you know what it says? That's verse 10 and verse 11. says that I might obtain to the resurrection of the cross. And then verse 12 says, but I'm not there yet. How many have been to the altar and had to go back? Come on, come on. Hey, hey, look at this. How many ever went up to the altar on a day like today? You know, the Holy Spirit's moving and our hearts are soft and we're saying yes. And, and you say, okay, God, there it is. It's on the altar. I get and, and, and we walk out of church, left it on the altar. And then, then you know, about Tuesday night. We... <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Then Patty Valenzuela comes in, Jesus, I'll put it back on the altar. It stayed a little longer that time. That time it was about like Saturday night. I hope they turn those cameras off at church because I'm going to grab that thing and get back. But the amazing thing, I found out this is my best friend. This changes me. It changes me. And if I, if I didn't get it right, you know what? I'd just come back again. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. I, 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 you know, so, so the devil says, well, you put it on the altar and you took it back. You said, well, you know what? I'm going to put it back on the altar this time. And I'm going to keep working until I leave that thing there. And finally, if you know, if you leave it there long enough, it, that, that altar, the fire of God will fall on that thing and burn up that deal that's been holding you. And you're free finally for the first time in your life. And, and, and I want you to see this. I want to read it in the Old Testament. And then let's look in the New before we wrap this up. Exodus 29 and verse 18. I, I, I refer to this, but I want you to see it, hear it, and read it. And this is repeated over two dozen times in the Old Testament. All right? Uh, Exodus 29 and verse number 18. As the offering is being prepared and given to God, listen to this. Then burn the entire ram on the altar, the sacrifice. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. Listen, listen to this. A pleasing aroma, an offering made to the Lord by fire. Over two dozen times, the Bible says that when something is burnt on the altar, it is a pleasing aroma in the nostrils of God. And I'm still amazed to realize that, come on, when you and I put our worst junk on the altar... The worst part of your life. How many hear what I'm saying? The biggest mistakes. The worst sins. Failures. Things we're ashamed of. We don't want anyone to know. Can I tell you, if you've got some hidden sins in your life, you better run to the altar. Because God will take care of them here. The longer you hold on to them, they're likely to show up somewhere. Huh? So, so here's the deal. It's amazing how much God loves us. When we place... The flesh, the carnal nature, the mistakes, the weakness, the failure. And just are honest and say, God, here it is. And it's burnt up forgiveness, grace, mercy. It smells sweet to God. You know, I never connected. It's, it must be where they say where something is beauty from ashes. Because what's burned and consumed on the altar of God. Becomes beauty in the eyes of God. 
That's what's called grace. It's a transfer we, we cannot comprehend. That God, you mean you want the worst of me? You want the nasty of me? God, you want what I'm ashamed of? You want the failure and you put it on the altar and it becomes beauty to God and you walk away instead of bondage and shame and guilt and fear. You walk off with the testimony of the grace of God and what was defeating you, beating you, robbing you, running you all over the place. You walk off free, 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 free. See, there's the other side of God we've never seen. We're free. And let's look final scriptures this morning. Uh, I want us to look to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Because you say, okay, pastor, I get the Old Testament. Go, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. You have to see this. It's amazing. Just in this study, as many times as I have been through the Bible, I never put these things together. Aren't you thankful the Bible is a living word? Fresh revelation. I mean, it never grows old. If you keep digging, you're going to keep getting gold in that word. Amen? Just keep going for it. So, so thank God our greatest failures, biggest mistakes, the things that hold us and bind us. See, if you keep bringing it to the altar, the fire of God's going to burn that off of you. Just keep bringing it. And it's beauty to God. God says, I received that. I, I, it's beauty. But, but so what's put there is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Look at verse 14 in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I want you to see these three verses. It's amazing. Is it, is it here? So let me just do this with you. I want to make sure we get this. Watch this. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. Come on. We're in a victory march right now. How many understand that right now? Do you realize that while you're still becoming, you're already in the victory march? Do you know that God's not looking down at you and saying, you know, you better get this right and that right and this right. We're already belong to Him, crucified with Christ in a triumphal procession. And watch what He does. And uses us to spread what? The aroma. What's the aroma? The altar. See? The altered lifestyle. The aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere we go. Do you realize that this aroma of our saying, God, I belong to you, that that aroma before God, as we live this altered lifestyle, it begins to spread around. Let's go to this next verse. Watch this. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. Did you know that? You smell good to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't care how stinky, bad, messed up, junked up it was. When you put it on the altar, God said, you smell like the offering of Christ on the cross. Watch this. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Watch this. Go to one more verse. To the one we are the aroma that brings death. To the other the aroma that brings life. In other words, before you come to Jesus, I did it. I know it. I'm not crazy. I know that if you're not willing to surrender your life to Jesus and serve Him and live this altered lifestyle, you're saying, Pastor, you lost your mind. That smells like death to me. See, but on the other side, once I gave the commitment, before I get there, it's scary. It smells like death. Something's going to die. Are you with me? My view of God is God wants to get me. God wants to burn me. God wants to take my fun away. Anybody with me today? Trying to hurry to get there. But once I put it there... 
On the other side, it's the aroma of life. Oh, God, I'm free. I'm, I'm released. My life is changed. And who is equal to such a task? None of us. But the grace of God. Stand with me. Come on, let's stand together today. Stand together. I want our musicians to come. Come on, take this moment with me. Don't get in a hurry. This is, I mean, I told you we're all in a unit here today. Come on, we're moving to this. Everything's been moving you to this moment today. Everything we've done. Moving to this moment. I'm thankful today. Isn't it amazing that in the journey, in the process, we're in a triumphal procession. We're winning this thing. Do you hear me today? We're going to win this thing. God's going to get you to the place He promised you. God is going to make your life everything He promised it would be. We're not who we were. Come on, somebody say amen to that. But how do I get there? How do I make it? I go to this altar. 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 God, I'm coming. That's a lifestyle. You get up in the morning and I'm beginning to understand. I say, God, my worship is this altar. Here's my life, God. Use me, God. Take me from who I am to who you made me to be. Move me on down the road today. See, it's an altered lifestyle. Altered. If we could change ourselves, we'd change ourselves, wouldn't we? If you could have made that problem go away, you'd have done that ten years ago, wouldn't you? Sure we would have. But we just come to the place that only the altar can do that. Now we've got a a lot of folks here today. I'm glad it's not eight degrees and you got back out today. Thank God. Family of God, we need to go to the altar together. I'm going to ask everyone that will in just a moment to come. We, we create space for altars here at Calvary. If you're coming on this side, would you fill in right up against that wall on the side first? Same here, you know what I'm saying? Don't come here first. Come that way until that's full. Everybody else. Would you go ahead? Come on, let's come now. Let's come to Pastor Joy. Second song we sang today. When he walks in. I want to come to an altar today. I don't want to just give you the theory today. I want to give you the opportunity between you and God to do some important things right now. Well, I wanted to get to. I'll just teach you this. It's it's amazing. How many times have we studied Genesis 22 about Abraham putting Isaac on the altar? Well, there's some insight there I want to share with you in my next message that will change your life. It comes to this. We'll learn more about it. You know what that whole day was about? It's about obedience. How do we build altars? I want you to look at me. How do we build altars today? We don't have to have stones and bricks and wood. So how do you, how do guys like you and me build altars? We obey God. We trust Him. We trust Him. Why do we struggle obeying God? Because it's not easy at the moment. Right? If it was easy, we'd do it, wouldn't we? We'd just say yes. So today, I'm going to ask you to give God your yes at this altar. What's he been talking to you about? What has the Holy Spirit been doing in your life? Just say yes. Build an altar. Build an altar. Say yes to God. See, we always, man, church has kind of messed us up. We, we always think a sin is something we did. We committed an act of sin. Do you know there's sins of omission as well as commission? 
something I should be doing that I'm not. You, you got me? So let's quit living in the negative. Let's start going with God. A lifestyle. Let's say yes to Him today. Yes. Yes, God, I want to put my life on the altar. I want to. I don't want to walk out of this place today just going to church. I want to go to the altar. I want to stop thinking about the altar as a place of embarrassment and shame. I want to begin to understand that the altar is wherever I am. It's it's wherever I make a choice. It's it's the best friend in my life. It's where I keep going till I get it right. Does that make sense? Aren't you thankful you don't have to be in a building to go to the altar? Aren't you thankful wherever you are, in your car, at home, at work, driving, whatever? And, 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 And you know what? Listen to me. I feel this so strong. Everything that you're hiding from people is going to destroy you. I felt very clearly to say this today. Everything you're hiding, why are you? If you're hiding it, it can't help you. Why are you hiding it? You know it's wrong, or you wouldn't be hiding. Listen to me. Everything you're hiding is a door for the devil to smack you around. But you can come lay that on this altar today and God will deal with it and your fear and the games and the lies go away. The only thing that can hurt you is what you refuse to put on the altar. It's the only thing the devil has on you. You understand that? The only thing the devil has on you is what you will not put on the altar. When you go there, he loses. 